your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom, like that guy just said. But I'd like to tell you again. Coming up on the show, Assembly candidates Leroy Brown, the independent candidate, Kevin Hoyer as well. They're not going to debate. They did that last week. We're not going to put them through a debate. But they're going to come on in, in the, the two segments I have to work with. And uh, in, in terms of fairness, uh, Steve Doyle is going to come on tomorrow and have the whole show to talk. No, I'm just kidding. He's just going to come on for a segment as well. It was it would be really hard to squeeze the three 94th District Assembly candidates here in the area in on one show. I could have proposed asking them to debate, but uh, I didn't do that. That would have been that would have been awkward, maybe. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. You know the I don't know if I don't know if the the big story today is. Uh, is the Lacrosse County Republican Party Facebook page being getting sent to the corner? Is how I I, I put it uh, for for sharing a couple of false news stories, uh, and then the Facebook decides that they're going to disallow the face the the party to advertise. Bill Fian, I know I, I'm with Hayes this morning. Said that there was no warning there. And you could kind of look at it two ways. I, I guess maybe maybe somewhere in the agreement you sign, right? You don't sign it, but like somewhere in the minutia of Facebook's like rules that that's probably you know how you hit, you click I agree on some of that stuff and it's four fourteen hundred pages long and the font is like six and you can't you you would never be able to read it. You'd need to hire a team of lawyers to kind of get through it. I'm guessing somewhere in there there's like a clause that says as a quote-unquote like page as a community page if you share x amount of news stories that get flagged false then you're going to be punished i don't i don't know but that would be a guess but to be for facebook to you know give hand out these punishments to you know a a page or, or a group using a page without warning seems a little ridiculous and I don't know what the, you know, maybe they did get warned. I have no idea. And also, one of, one of the posts that, it doesn't show up in the story, but one of the posts that they shared is, is a meme. I shared it. It's, it's so, Fian called it humor, funny, this morning with Hayes. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, it's not a quote from Trump, but it's, it's just so stupid <laughs> to me that it's funny. And uh, it, and it's it says that as Trump beat the coronavirus, right? He as he tested positive and he was back. Uh, it's got him in the Oval Office, and it says the doctors said they've never seen a body kill the coronavirus like my body. They tested my DNA, and it wasn't DNA; it was USA. So that's uh that's that that's one of the posts that got flagged by the uh, by Facebook. That's on the Lacrosse County Republican Party. And this is this is what Fian had to say about about that, and I, I I agree with him here. And these people are humorless, Mike. One of the posts that they fact checked was a post of Donald Trump saying that the doctor said the reason he beat uh, COVID uh, wasn't because of his DNA; it was because he had USA. It's <laughs> a joke. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely a joke. But maybe people think that look, Donald Trump's DNA is USA, and nobody gets to uh, understand the jokes, right? <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, that one to even flag that. I guess I, you know, what what is the flag flag post anyway? It's false. It's not a quote from Trump. He didn't say that. <laughs> Honestly, though, if you read it, you're like, man, Trump probably did say that. Maybe he did say that. Uh, caller, caller. Hey, caller, who's this? Hey, it's Mike. How are you? Hey, Mike, go ahead. Uh, so in response to that, I, I went on to their Facebook page this morning because I heard the story on my way into work. Yeah. I asked, I uh, sent a message to the administrator of the La Crosse County uh, Republican Party page. And in addition to that page, I believe the third Wisconsin Congressional Republican District page was also restricted from uh, posting new ads as well. Okay. I think because they shared the same or similar stories. Uh, the only two stories that I was able to find was one was about uh, the New York Post uh, story about Hunter Biden with sex and drugs in the Ukrainian hotel, etc. And the other story, uh, in addition, perhaps the, the no DNA USA comment that Trump made, it was about that he said something along the lines of, you know, doctors say they've never seen a body fight off the coronavirus more yep, fiercely or, you know, some, yep. something like that. And yep, that's those what two I said. Stories, I mean, the New York Post one, I, I could understand if if other art, other articles and other news agencies have said that, you know, that's been, you know, proven false. The other two, I feel like it's just Trump spouting and, you know, I don't you can flag that if you want, but. Well, and like I said, that one was flagged because Trump actually didn't say that. So it's flagged. It looks uh-huh. like a Trump uh, quote, yeah. and it's not a Trump quote. And 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 maybe if you want to really walk the line there, uh, thanks for the call, Mike. And uh, if you really want to walk the line there, I guess people don't people don't understand sarcasm. I'll be the first to admit that because I try to be sarcastic all the time, and uh, I get in trouble for it a lot of the times. Phil, a free speech, Fred. Text in Facebook is in bed with the far left. Time for the social media platform for average Americans. Time for us, uh, and someone will step up soon. I guess he wants a new social media platform. Yeah, um, Facebook's definitely not in bed with the far left. <laughs> that's it's uh, that's that's pretty funny. That's also humor. I, I I don't think free speech Fred is is being uh, sarcastic there, but Facebook definitely not in bed with the far left. They are uh, a giant multi billion dollar corporation. If you want to say they're in bed with Russia, like maybe you could say that. I'm just kidding. Um, all right, I'm going to get Brad in here to do the news. Not literally in here, but I'm going to get him into your air, ears and airwaves. And then I'm going to call Leroy Brown, the independent candidate running for the assembly in the 94th district. After that, Kevin Hoyer, the Republican candidate. And then we'll bring Steve Doyle on tomorrow to, uh, to even it out. So, all right, I'll be back here. I'm with him in a minute or like four minutes. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. On the phone with me now is Leroy Brown. You know what, Leroy? I'm disappointed I didn't play the bad, bad Leroy Brown song now. I've been saying it every time I mention your name. I sing it a little bit, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, just dropped the ball right there. Uh, you get that a lot, the Leroy Brown song? 
Yeah, I, I, I say it's a good thing that uh, I enjoy the song. <laughs> right. It's not a bad song. It's Maybe it probably gets a little old, but uh, yeah, I would just be blaring it in my truck all the time if that was my name. Yeah, no, Jim Croce does great work. <laughs> uh, all right, Leroy Brown, he's running for the 94th District. It's a three-way race. He's the independent candidate. He's going against the Republican Kevin Hoyer and the incumbent Democrat Steve Doyle. Uh, you, you got into this race. You're, you're obviously you're in the area. You know what? What was the big reason for your your wanting to get into this race and and, and be elected? Sure. Um, so the big reason I joined the race, I've I've been a, a bit put out by the two major parties um, and their sort of the the games they seem to play, um, and just wanted to give people a, another alternative, someone who's not you know not tied to the parties that way and can kind of is free to make my own thoughts um you you know the debate how did you feel the debate went last week between the three of you i thought it went really well i was very happy with the debate i thought it was a a a great time and you know just getting all of our ideas out there and you know keeping people informed i enjoyed it you did have the line of the debate and i'll just play it here quick this is so a question was asked about party politics and, and, you know, Republicans and Democrats and how do we come together? And this was Leroy's answer after after Doyle and, and Hoyer kind of went after each other in, time, in in a question that was about how we come together. This was this was Leroy Brown. Thank you. And it's 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 interesting to hear when my when my. Um... Uh, opponents in this race or, or competitors in this race will 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 describe their their nonpartisan um, back you know background in in such a partisan framework. Um, the, I thought that was the answer of the day, uh, Leroy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I, you know, it, it it's something still that you know it's like all of us are all of us are still trying to claim to be the most nonpartisan, and I'm the one without the you know without the party next to my name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no affiliation there, and then yeah, like we we got to talk about how how we can we can kind of come together, but then to attack each other in, in a way, and it wasn't like a heated attack uh, from from each other, but they they did at times go 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 at each other. Um, the 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 easy general question here is when you when you run for assembly, you're you're trying to beat a Republican and a Democrat. Do you do you feel like you're going? You're, do you feel like you're how big of an underdog? I guess do you feel like you are. I would say, if, if I'm honest, I'm definitely probably viewed as the as the long shot. Um, but at the same time, I, I feel it's it's worth it to run this race. I feel like people deserve a choice, and I definitely feel like we need we need to come together. Uh, we need to kind of push past this you know this red and red versus blue, um, and and kind of get back to basics and get back to getting things done. The the a lot of the questions seem to to hover around COVID nineteen and I think do you do you feel like if you were in the assembly that's going to be like half your term is is figuring out ways to deal with COVID nineteen? That definitely um, would be a major focus. Uh, right now, it's like everyone everyone is trying to scramble to come up with some some sort of response um, and looking to our, our elected leadership to help do that. Uh, you know, and I would definitely. I'd be looking. I'd be looking at other states, you know, looking at other countries, kind of see what steps they've taken, what's worked, uh, and try to ad- adapt that to use here. At the same time, being mindful that um, you know so many people are are out of the out of the job or, or hurting financially with everything going on. You know, we've got to we've got to kind of bring it all together. 
Yesterday, I asked Kapanke and Brad Paff in, the, in a Senate debate about campaign finance reform. You know, being a third-party candidate, you you have to you know make make it for yourself. I imagine you. <laughs> I don't know if you bring a hat to just do you just like how awkward is it to just to have to you know fund a campaign or ask for money and and how or how difficult I guess. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm not a. Uh, uh, I'm not one who's very comfortable. I kind of go in hat in hand to people, you know, like asking for money to, to do stuff at the same time, you know, as, as we see with both parties spending like millions of dollars out there, it's a very expensive process uh, to run for office these days. Um, you know, I, I, I work in, and um, just try to, to, to get my, get my name out there make sure people are aware they have a, they have a choice that um, they can, you know, they can look to look to some alternative other than the two they've been voting for the last several decades. Yeah, and you're and you're at a different disadvantage there. And when when the uh, you know, in talking to those candidates in the Senate yesterday, the the Republican Party and the Democrat Party in the state can you know fund send you know whatever money they want to these candidates, and you know they get to de- kind of decide who they want to. The, to, to do that for, but you don't have like an independent uh, group out there sending you money, I suppose. Right. No, it's, um, you know, and it's been talked about before though, like creating sort of a common pool for candidates uh, to, to draw from. I know, um, you know, there's some groups out there that are opposed to that kind of thing. They don't want their money to be supporting certain candidates, but at the same time, if we were all starting, you know, if we all had like the, a common starting point i think you would get stronger debate you would get more more voices out there um you know and 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 kind of and make for a make for a, a healthier democracy yeah it would be kind of interesting if you took all the the money that gets funneled to the republican party all the money that gets to funnel to the democratic party and, and you're even just talking like the state and then you go okay and now we're going to take all that money and and for you, let's use the the uh, your district for example that you're running for. We're going to take all that money and it's going to go into one pool, and then we're going to evenly distribute it to Steve Doyle, to Kevin Hoyer, and to Leroy Brown. So you all get the same amount of money to use uh, when when you're going against each other. That would that would be kind of a. I wonder what would happen to the to money going to to parties. Probably a lot of wallets would would close up fast, <laughs> but that might not be a bad thing. Um, when you, when I some of the questions I asked yesterday, I I, I didn't get to a, a farming question. Um, do you do you do you have any angles there? Because you know you could talk about like dairy farms are really hurting. Uh, I, I I always bring up the the idea that we have a, a factory farm situation and we have a small farm situation, and you know factory farms not exactly great for the environment. Small farms not exactly as efficient. And, you know, like when you look at the farming, do you have like a, a, a good stance on where you would like to see and help farmers? Because it seems like, you know, we're propping them up quite a bit with, with funding. Right. And I'm, for myself, you know, I don't want to reward like bad decision making or, or like poor planning. But at the same time, at least with the outbreak, we're kind of all in this mess uh, together. You know, it kind of it, it caught everyone off guard. Um, with the farms, I, I tend to feel... You know the, the 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 larger the factory farms. I you know I feel should be looked at more like the the industrial operations. They almost you know they can they can be, while the smaller farms, um, you know, just working. Uh, I, I actually spoke with uh, a, a group of farmers, and, um, and talked about like 
working. One of the major areas they have is that, you know, even small farms are, are responsible for runoff, and they, as they should be, because we need to get we need to get runoff and everything under control. But at the same time, they're not they don't have the scale to properly respond. So if the state or if the farms working together, you know, through their through their cooperatives, if we need to empower that to kind of to make sure we get everything done, um, you know, because we we all have we all we all benefit from a a, a functioning market for agriculture and. Um, I'm worried that you know if, if too many too many farms go under, then we're just going to be stuck with like you know it's going to be a monopoly situation or something like that out there. I I always have these weird ideas about farming because I, I feel like a lot of people I think like it, it's it's blasphemy to say in Wisconsin, but the <laughs> the dairy industry people aren't drinking milk as much anymore, and if you know these dairy farms if they're hurting so much, is there a way to and if we're going to throw money at farms, you know federally I think we've given more money to farms ever we have this year, we're on pace to do that. And if we're going to throw money at farms, you know, and dairy farms are struggling, maybe we throw money at farms to help dairy farms convert into an organic farm or some kind of, you know, crop farm that, that would, you know, just like the, the, the crop would go to the grocery store instead of to the cow's mouth. Right. And I think, you know, definitely looking at diversity and diversifying, you know, what they're, what's being grown or what, what's being produced, I think would, would help a, a great deal. Um, you know, cause the market, the market's always shifting. And, um, you know, I, you know, I, I enjoy a, a bowl of cereal in the morning, got milk on there, but I, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Other than, I remember when I was in school, it was like milk was pushed at every level, but, you know, as an adult, it's like, unless you're, unless you're craving milk as a standalone, you know, people aren't, people aren't turning that way all the time. Um, but, you know, just making sure that the people that, like you said, that, you know, if, if they need to transition to different things, you know, making, making that a smoother transition for them, um, and, and making, and, you know, kind of maybe helping like get the message out there where these markets are, you know, and what actually are the untapped, um, the untapped areas and helping, helping them work in them to produce those products. We're talking with Leroy Brown. He's the independent candidate running in the 94th Assembly District here in the like the greater lacrosse area, I guess you could call that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Kevin's probably going to yell at me because Kevin Hoyer, I think, is a farmer. I'm not quite sure, but I believe so. He's going to yell at me when he comes on to bottom half the hour. But, you know, in terms of, of your your experience when you when you go into office, uh you know, we talked before the show, you said just stuff, stuff about just reducing stress, making things easier. When I worked at Kimberly Clark in the summer in college, it was called like ergonomics. Uh, the idea of just doing things the easiest, most efficient way. Um, you you, you kind of had a take on that, huh? Yeah, um, I definitely feel, you know, as, as anyone who looks around, can, I think can agree, there's a lot of stress, strain and uncertainty right now. Um, if we can, if we can find ways, you know, as a as a as a community and as a legislature, to um, to reduce that stress, to make people's lives a bit easier, make design uh, a little bit more central. Um, in I know online that there's a concept called user experience. If we focus on that and just making sure that the you know at least when it comes to government and, and in other places is people having the best experience. Uh, and are able to easily do things, you know, like even like from registering to vote, um, that could be a more automatic thing. It doesn't need to be this whole rigmarole, uh, you know, just making sure that 
that people are able to do things without having to jump through a thousand hoops and, and you know, just kind of spend the time living their life. <laughs> Yeah, the the uh, even even the whole process of voting. I know Grant uh, in the studio next to me here. Well, he's not technically in the studio next to me, but that's where we did it. I had to sign his ballot to be the witness to vote, and and you know all the hoops, uh, whether it's ID or registering, or you know like ah, we could just register everyone all at one time. Um, Leroy, when we, a lot has been made about the the legislature not meeting since mid April. Uh, I think that was the last time we passed some coronavirus relief funding and then we haven't done anything since. So I, I don't know. How do you, you know, like say you're, you're in the, you're in Steve Doyle's position right now. You're not a Republican. So you, you I don't know if you get less of a say, but I don't, I don't even know how you, Hey, uh, legislate, you know, Hey assembly, like maybe we should meet and start talking about some of these things. I don't know how, you, how do you do that? Uh, yeah, I definitely, I'd be reaching out to my counterparts um, across, you know, it'd be across both aisles, uh, and just letting them know it's like, hey, you know, the people expect us to be doing something. We need to, we need to kind of get it in gear and, um, you know, get together and, and, and talk about what the response would be. You know, coming up with even if it's, you know, just coming up with plans and proposals to help help people uh, cope and respond themselves. You know, I think it's it's unconscionable that the the assembly has or both the Assembly and Senate have not been in session since April. We should be, um, they should both be back in session and, and trying to come up with uh, solutions here. But, yeah, for me, it'd be a matter, you know, I'd be making phone calls, um, you know, maybe have a calendar event on my phone to give the, uh, the, the speaker a call, like, every few days um, until they block my number. But, um, you know, just kind of, like, reaching out and trying to trying to get people to understand that it's not a partisan issue. We have to... We have to respond to this, right? Um, all right. So la- I- I'll give you a you get you got a minute here. I'll give you a parting words. Do you want to just mudsling something at Steve Doyle and then <laughs> Kevin Hoyer before I let you go? <laughs> uh, and I, I tried. I tried to run this campaign. Um, I'm you know it being against the the whole mudslinging thing. I I do honestly feel very grateful that this race has you know the, the three of us. There's no clear and obvious villain. You know that would it would make things a whole lot easier if there were. Um, I'm you know I'm been happy to campaign against them. Um, I think you know obviously of the three, I think I'm I'm the most reliable when I say the the, the parties can't hold me down. Um, you know when I say I'll buck with the parties because I I have no association, so I definitely uh, I feel like I I have a, a stronger claim to that there, and uh, would just hope that people are. Looking for looking to get independent from those uh, two parties and vote for me in a couple of weeks. All right, thanks a lot, Leroy. Thanks, Rick. All right, bye bye. All right, that was Leroy Brown. He's the independent candidate for the ninety fourth Assembly District right here in the Greater Lacrosse area. Next up, coming up after Scott's comment, the news. Kevin Hoyer, who's the Republican candidate, we'll talk to him next. I'm Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. But on the phone now with me is the Republican candidate for the 94th Assembly District in a three-way race. Kevin Hoyer is on with me. How's it going, Kevin? Pretty good, Rick. How are you doing yourself today? I, I'm good. You said you were out uh, uh, knocking on doors. Is it, uh, is it? How's the weather out there right now? Well, you're definitely not going to sweat too much today, so <laughs> it's... Um... It sure was nicer walking doors today than it was in 90-degree heat during the, during the middle of summer. 
Yeah. Um, it, what what do you what do you say when you when you go to somebody's door? I guess I've never really asked anyone that, and you brought it up, and it's just fresh in my mind. I, I guess the, do you get a do you get a pretty good reception, or do you do you get a lot of people be like, I'm pretty busy, guy. I get out of here. Well, you get all all sorts of reception, but the main thing, the reason I'm out doing doors is is so people can know me. You know, as a grassroots uh, organization that I'm trying to run as a campaign, um, it's important that people people get to meet me face to face, remain safe while we're doing it, um, wearing wearing masks, keeping our, our distance, um, respecting each other's um, our feelings as well along the way. But um, it, it's important that voters understand who they're voting for, why they're voting for them, what that person really does stand for, and that they, they have that feel. Um, you can listen to all the radio ads you want for and against the person, and you'll never really understand them until you can actually sit and talk to them face-to-face, one-on-one, and ask them the questions and see how they answer. And to me, when, when you're running a campaign on, on, on slim um, margins like, like we are, um, that's how you do it. You get out there and you, and you talk to the people. Yeah, and I think uh, the the way politics works, you get to the top, and it's Trump Biden, and you already know you're going to be all D's that way, and all R's the other way. And as you trickle down into the state races, I think people want to uh, want to do that. They want to know, like, uh, what's Leroy? Leroy Brown was on before you. Uh, what's he got to say? What's Kevin got to say? And and Steve Doyle's going to come on tomorrow. I think people are a little bit more in tune with listening to what you guys have to say, what you stand for, as opposed to being a straight, you know, oh, he's a Republican, I'm not, or I'm going to vote for him based on just that. Well, that's that's where I think we get ourselves as a society in trouble. We 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 tend to put ourselves into a block, or we're told which block we belong in. And to me, the person you vote for to represent you in Madison had better be the best person possible to do it. And it has nothing to do with if there's an R, a D, or an I in front of them. And uh, that that's that's unfortunate when someone comes out and says, "Well, you're not my party." I'm not going to listen to you, or you are my party. I don't care about you. I'm still going to vote. It still comes down to knowing that person, feeling comfortable with them, and understanding that that person has their best, has your best interest in mind when they're sitting there making decisions in Madison to do the to do the right thing for you, the community, and and uh, and, and your family. I mean, that's that's first and foremost. It, we we have to look at that uh, at a deeper dive than just showing up and saying, well, do I vote this side of the aisle or that side of the aisle? And we can get past that. I know we can with the right people sitting in, in Madison and Washington. Our, uh, our, whole, uh, our whole country, our whole area will be much better off for that. We're speaking with Kevin Hoyer. He's running as the Republican candidate in the 94th Assembly District. Um, Leroy Brown, before you, I talked to him about farming. You're a farmer. And what I want to do is like, uh, and you could tell me maybe the district is made up mostly of farmers, but I feel like uh, we talk about farming so much and I know how it affects us, but you know, other, other people have other jobs, you know, uh, retail workers, uh, restaurant workers, there, there are other jobs. So when you, you, how do you relate to those people? And then you, you come from a farming background, but obviously you're representing the, the entire assembly if you're, if you're elected. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, this this district is 50% agriculture, um, and that that's important. But we also cannot forget the the other part of the economy in this district, the small business owners that are struggling through this COVID-19 um, issue. That um, they're being told how they need to operate, which is not right. They need to be able to make the choices that's important to them to keep their businesses open, to keep their families fed, keep their employees' families fed as well. And um, that, that's something we really need to pay attention to and not take for granted that the higher powers in Madison or the higher powers in, in uh, Washington, D.C. are all-knowing. No one knows better what we need and how to take care of our families and businesses than those of us right here taking care of our families and businesses. And we have to remember that and give those business owners and give those families, give those employees the total respect and the opportunity to make those decisions, those adult decisions that they are truly capable of making on their own. Yeah, the the legislature hasn't met in since mid-April, except for like a 30-second hearing to ignore policing bills. Um, you, you know, if you were if you were in in the assembly right now, and you know you haven't actually met in session to discuss anything. I think in mid-April they passed some coronavirus relief stuff, but the, you know since ha- haven't really done anything in Madison. You know how do you how do you change that or or go about you know do you do you do you bring that up with the leadership there? Do you do you get out in the public more and talk about it? What what would you do if you were in the situation right now where a lot of people are pointing at the state legislature and saying, "Hey, you guys aren't doing anything." Well, that's where I draw upon my experience. I've got uh, 15 years experience um, doing policy work on the state and national level on, on two on two boards, the American Soybean Association and the Wisconsin Soybean Association, where I actually sat in positions of leadership um, on those on those respective boards. Is you do the behind the scenes work. If the leadership does not want to bring this forward, just because they're not in session does not mean committees are not meeting or that there's other things going on. And that's where those that are represented and elected to represent you must be doing their work. And if they're not out there trying to get the ball moving in some aspect of that, they're failing. They do not deserve to be your representative. And that's what I think is happening is all too often our representatives have been in office for too long that they feel very comfortable in their position and they forget about why they're there. And um, it, it just... It just strikes me as someone who says, I'm bipartisan, is not necessarily reaching across the aisle to, to help break this. Or, or the other thing I look at is how can you say you're not representing your party when your party is, has given you over $352,000 to run a race? Um, that, that really makes you wonder is who, what your representative, who are they really working for? The people that give them the money or the people that put them there. And, and to me, it's grassroots. It's, it's listening to those that elect me. It's also listening to those that may not have elected me because I'm representing the whole county of La Crosse. And, and it's important that, the, that everybody has their voices heard and that I take that opportunity to listen to them and move that forward. And if there's that much money coming into politics, I don't. I, I just don't know how someone can look past that and say that I'm non-biased. How do you change that? You know, I, I asked the Senate candidates yesterday about campaign finance reform, and I asked them twice. The first time around, they kind of skated the question. 
The second time around, eh, they kind of skated the question again. They got a little bit more specific on it. But, the, you know, in Leroy Brown, your your opponent talked about, you know, maybe evening it out. Everyone gets the same amount of money. I think I brought that up, actually. Um, but, but what would you do about uh, something like that where, you know, then at least our candidates aren't beholden to anybody except for, you know, the small donations that people in their district give them? Well, that certainly is an idea that everyone has the same amount of money in the pot when they start. And uh, but where do you get that money from? What strings are tied? What strings are tied to that money? I mean, you still have to work through that. But quite definitely, when you've got races in the 94th district that that people from uh, Illinois, when the governor of Illinois donates 2.5 million dollars to the Democrat Party of Wisconsin, that governor is the richest politician in the country. He's got a higher net worth than our own president. Or we have a doctor from California that throws $2.3 million into the races in Wisconsin. There's something wrong with that. Why is money coming from California, Illinois, New York, into La Crosse County? That, that has to be answered. Now, where do we go from there? How do we, how do we stop that? Um, well, we need to start somewhere by saying maybe we only have so much money we deal with. And uh, everyone has the same same piece of the pie going into it. Um, certainly, I, when I'm elected, I will certainly look at that hard, and I will talk with people and try to make something that 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 would encourage more people to actually run a, for a, a representative position. One thing I learned in my my years as uh, as a leader on the Soybean Association board is that new blood every year makes things makes that organization stronger and stronger and stronger. And we need to do that in our legislature, too. New blood, new people sitting in those seats, bring new ideas, fresh ideas, bring their own experiences to the seat that we can come up with better solutions, better ideas that are more sustainable for Wisconsin, more sustainable for the 94th District, so everybody can move forward at a better pace. We're speaking with Kevin Hoyer. He's he's up against the... Uh, incumbent Democrat Steve Doyle and independent Leroy Brown. Kevin's the Republican candidate. Uh, all right, Kevin, I gave Leroy a minute at the end of the interview to just mudsling, and he had all kinds of BS to say about you. Uh, I'm just kidding, but uh, do you do you got some mudslinging? Do you want to go after Doyle? Do you want to go after Brown? I, I'm totally kidding, but you got a minute. What, what do you, How do you want to close out here? Well, what I want to close out is a vote for me is a vote for the people of the 94th District. Mudslinging? I don't like mudslinging. The thing I don't really like at all are the lies. When people come out and tell lies about a person, um, that, that really irks me. And there are, there are ads out there that my opponent knows about, and he says he will not put a negative ad out there. He doesn't have to. He's got the Democrat Party doing it for him. I, I encourage anybody and everyone to check out my website, electhoyer.com. Drop me a line, and I will tell you everything about my environmental, um, my environmental vision. That's the thing I ran on that I wanted to run on when I, um, when I ran for uh, 94th District Assembly. Is the environment is very important to me. Clean water, essential. A farmer, a farmer is going to have clean water. He drinks that water from his well himself. He eats the food off his land. There's no way a lawyer would be able to tell me that I don't know anything about uh, conservation and the environment. All right, Kevin. So, Kevin, thanks a lot. Thanks for your time. I got to go. You bet. Thank All right, you. Bye-bye. All right, we got to take another quick break. We'll be back after this.
All right, just a minute or so left. Thanks a lot to Leroy Brown and Kevin Hoyer, candidates running against Steve Doyle in the 94th Assembly District. Steve Doyle is going to come on tomorrow. He's the Democratic incumbent. I think the last time we talked to Steve Doyle, he was he, he did it was about uh, the policing bills that he drove to Madison for uh, the 32nd policing bills that never actually came came anything came came to light about anything. Uh, um, couple of texts here, a couple of long texts, but uh, Kevin said something about the Illinois governor being worth more than the president. KTH texted in highest net worth. More than the president? Come on, man. And Greg said, I'm worried more about how much money they spend once they get into office than when they spend on campaigning. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow.